This program is brought to you by Pussy Magnets. Put a binge on your friends with a Pussy Magnet. Welcome, welcome, my lovely lumps. Or should I say lovely labs? I'm so thrilled to have you here in the Labia Lounge to yarn about all things sexuality, womanhood, holistic health, and everything in between. Your legs. <laughs> Ah, can never help myself. Anyway, we're going to have vag loads of real chats with real people about real shit. So buckle up, you're about to receive the sex ed that you never had and have a bloody good laugh while you're at it. Before we get stuck in, I'd like to respectfully acknowledge the traditional custodians of the land on which I'm recording this, the Manang people. It's an absolute privilege to be living and creating dope podcast content on Noongar country, and I pay respect to their elders past, present, and emerging. Now, if you're ready, let's flap and do this. <laughs> oh God, is there such thing as too many vagina jokes in the one intro? <laughs> Whatever, I'm leaving it in. It's my podcast. Don't panic, you're not broken. Your sex education was a piece of shit. Get your flaps out and pull the couch. It's the Labia Lounge. What is up, my labial love burgers? Today I've got a repeat labial offender back for her second appearance on the Pussy Couch with me. I've got the lovely Carlin Digitalis. She is gracing the lounge again because we had so much fun the first time around. Um, so we were like, fuck yeah, let's do it again. Um, and today we're going to be chatting about something that so many of you will no doubt find very relatable, um, the things that we do to look sexy as women and the ways in which the ever-changing and impossible beauty standards affect us all. So pretty big topic. Um, and also I will just say if you haven't already heard the first episode I did with Carlin, it was about sex positive parenting and it's bloody ripper. So go back and check that one out as well. Um, and yeah, if you haven't heard that, you don't know who the fuck Carlin is. So I'm going to let you introduce yourself this time around, Carlin. <laughs> Why, thank Welcome. you. Why, thank you. Um, yeah. So I'm also known as the erotic alchemist on the good old Instagram. And yeah, we're, we're co Yoni Mapper sisters from back in the day. We go way back. <laughs> Sorry. Okay. Let's stop that. Um, yeah. So, <laughs> breath worker. Yeah. Erotic educator. Um, general lover of, of life and all things strange and kinky and kooky. Um, yeah, and just been, yeah, for a long time now, been seeing women, um, yeah, and supporting them through, as you very well know, Freya, all these different phases of life and life experience and with the main focus mm. of really bringing, returning them home to themselves in their body in a very present mm and conscious and connected and pleasurable way and so and this what we're going to talk about today is <clears throat> something that that I hear women talk about over and over and over and over mm. and over again you know and yeah yeah what the kind of um pressures really that I guess that that we're under to to be mm. to meet these beauty standards and a lot of 
quite frankly, unrealistic beauty standards, you know, and it's been it's been mm. like that for a very long time. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I guess we're in a pretty unique situation um, in that we work really closely and intimately with women. So we hear about all their insecurities or their fears or their body image issues or their vulva image issues and how that's affecting them in the bedroom, how it's affecting their confidence and their self-esteem and their self-love. And so we've kind of got that um, insight with clients really regularly. And then also we have suffered it ourselves. Like we are in that, you know, we are also victim to the the pressures and expectations and beauty standards and all of this, um, yeah, like you said, unrealistic bullshit. Um, and so, yeah, I just thought it was, it was going to be a pretty f- fun conversation to delve into um, because I kind of feel like at least now at this point for me, I'm largely not affected by it as much as I used to be. I've kind of sidestepped and and detached from all of that stuff. And I think you probably have too, although you did just say before we pressed record, well, middle age has seriously arrived. So this is a good topic for me right now as you were like pulling on your skin on your face. Jowls. Jowls. Anyway. Jowls. Yeah. So I, I don't know. It's, 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 something that I'm really passionate about because it used to affect me enormously. And I, I mean, it's nothing on what's available nowadays and what I'm seeing people doing to their bodies in the name of, you know, looking sexy or attractive. But I did alter my body in some pretty major ways when I was younger um, to try to feel confident and feel sexy. And it sounds like you've obviously also experimented with some stuff. So I want to chat about, um, you know, the things that we've done, I almost am like, should we just call this podcast the fucked shit we do to ourselves to look sexy to men? <laughs> like, you know. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, but, yeah, I guess maybe maybe to start, I'd love to hear a bit about your story or your journey with, like, your own relationship to beauty or sexiness or appearance mm. and how you've felt about your body and things like that and, um, yeah, and then we can get into the nitty-gritty of, of the, the stuff, oh. the stuff that we've put ourselves yeah, through. Yeah, <laughs> and all the things that you can do these days. My gosh, yeah. I mean, yeah. see, when I was uh, in my late teens and early 20s, we were just starving ourselves, <laughs> starving ourselves mm. and taking laxatives <laughs> um, and over-exercising to be, oh, to be skinny. So, yeah, when I my journey oh my has, was that I – I, yeah, I had a pretty heavy um, uh, eating disorder situation going on. I was never hospitalised mm. or anything like that, mm-hmm. but I remember it just consuming my my mm. every thought, my every action, my, my every moment for, oh, my God, probably close to 15 years, I would say. Mm. It kind of kicked in pretty heavy it started when I was when puberty started and then it kicked in really hardcore when I was 17 um and Mm. yeah so I did lots of stuff like that to my body yeah and but that's Mm. that was really like I mean all of us were kind of into it I guess you could say trying to right yeah and so I was very much yeah I had a really terrible uh, self-value, self-hate. I found myself disgusting, 
revolting, you know, I just, I hated myself. <clears throat> and, mm. um, yeah, so for, I'm, I'm kind of relieved that it's not, that I'm not in that now because I don't actually know how far I might have taken it, you know. Um, mm. Yeah, so, yeah, we were just starving ourselves and just starving ourselves like it's no big deal. I mean, it's terrible what we were, <laughs> how I was treating my body and overusing laxatives mm. and over-exercising and stuff like that. Um, and then it didn't come in until later, much, much later that people were starting to, you know, at quite a young age, were starting to, um, have breast augmentations and, um, you know, the, the, all the face stuff that you can do today, the fillers, the, the Botox, the, all that kind of, Mm. all that kind of stuff, which I know is starting a lot younger. Um, but my Mm. journey through it was. Basically, just to to realize that I was I was depressed and I was anxious, and that I I also, but at the same time, I also had a real love of life. So I knew that there was more to life, and it wasn't supposed. I wasn't supposed to be completely obsessed every second of the day with what I looked like, what I was going to wear, the mm. tiny, you know, bits of the rolls of fat, which weren't even rolls of fat, you know, and, um, you mm. know, obsessing over calories and food and, and I was like, you know, something in me knew it wasn't right. So, yeah, fortunately I started with breath work when I was 19 and then a, a quite I've had a consistent yoga practice since I was about 25 and both of those things helped me to be have a much more um holistic and loving relationship Mm. with my body also helped me to look at why I was behaving and acting the way I did and helped me to unravel myself from that so yeah it's still been quite a journey and the the dysmorphia or the dysphoria I had to go had that little journey. So once I had become healthy away from the actual eating disorders, then I had to realize that actually the psychological effects of it were that when I looked in the mirror, what I saw in the mirror is not what other people would see. I I had this mm. this dysmorphic view of myself. Um and so mm. yeah, over time and lots of practices and lots of tech techniques and and really learning the self-love and the self-acceptance then I was I could I could start to be kinder to myself and and um you know calm down that inner critic that was constantly telling me I wasn't good enough and I wasn't skinny enough and I wasn't pretty enough and I wasn't smart enough and um and and actively coming away from um, magazines and stuff like that. So I used to really be into fashion magazines and all that and, and, and all that kind of thing. So actively coming away from the influences that were telling me, you know, you you're not you don't quite meet up to this. And mm. yeah, so it's been a it was a very long journey. Um and it took a lot to kind of unravel myself from it. And but now I have my I my seven-year-old daughter Bethany Mm. legend that she is 
And so it's really, you know, I'm really actually very, very aware of how I treat myself in front of her and how I am with myself and and my body in front of her. So I'm often like I'll often like stand there and like jiggle jiggle all my wobbly jiggly bits and you know and giggle with her and be like check it out and you know and she's all and she has a giggle you know just so I, I do as much as I can to let her see that I'm really comfortable in my body even though my body is turning mm. into going down the middle age path <laughs> with wrinkles <laughs> and cellulite and saggy boobs and all this kind of stuff, you know, and the, the inevitable part of life. But I really try to be aware of to to, to kind of transfer the the body love and the body care and that everything, you know, the way you are is absolutely perfect and fine and in fact it's amazing and it's incredible and your body is this incredible instrument that you're going to have for the rest of your life to play in so that's the mm. that's the kind of message that I try to I'm very conscious of transmitting over to my daughter because I don't want her to have the self-hate that I had you know and I don't want her mm. um to be thinking that she has to keep up with these unrealistic beauty standards yeah, big time, big time. Um, yeah, it's beautiful and I'm not surprised things like uh, yoga practice and breath work because they connect you to your body more were big instrumental pieces in overcoming, you know, what you were doing that was disconnecting you further because like starving ourselves, taking laxatives, all of these different things are basically um, disconnecting us further and further and further from our body and and kind of pitting us against our bodies so that we're on different teams basically um yeah so really interesting because I I sort of had a different different journey with all that I was always really skinny and would get teased and bullied for being too skinny and people would say that I had anorexia and whatever but I actually just ate so much food I was just super active and I had um I guess slim parents and genetically I was just quite um slim but I had no boobs and no bum and you know I was really self-conscious about how skinny I was at points and then at other points I was you know because I'd have a close friend who was even skinnier than me I would feel like I was too big or whatever so it was crazy because my actual size never fluctuated but how I felt about it was so dependent on external influences, you know, like it's it's wild um, and so disempowering. Mm. Hey, babe towns. So sorry to interrupt, but I simply had to pop my head into the lounge here and mention another virtual lounge that you've got to get around. It's the Labia Lounge Facebook group that I've created for listeners of the potty to mingle in. And there you'll find extra bits and bobs like freebies or discounts for offerings from guests who've been interviewed on the podcast, inspiring and thought-provoking conversations, and support from a community of labial legends. I also have an account on the fab new app Sunroom, which is a platform created by women for women and non-binary folk, and where there's no shadow banning or censorship of sex-positive content unlike with the other platforms that I'm on. So you can hit up my sunroom for extra content and real and raw life updates because I'll be sharing on there from now on all of the stuff that I can't post anywhere else. 
My vision for both of these is that they become really supportive, educational and hilarious resources for you to have more access to me and a safe space to ask questions that you can't ask anywhere else. So head over to the links in the show notes and I'll hopefully see you in there. And now back to the episode. I suppose like beauty stand, like the influences that we are, um, that we faced and then nowadays you know it's so much more intense there is so many more um media influences and you know things like porn and and just really really strategic and manipulative marketing campaigns that mm. are yeah pretty much just brainwashing people to feel like they need to alter themselves um and this sort of serves the big companies it serves the patriarchy because it keeps us really insecure and self-loathing and so we keep buying things and we don't get too big for our boots and there's like a whole lot of pretty massive systemic reasons why it serves the powers that be to keep us feeling ugly and as though we need to keep um, changing our bodies or our appearance or paying for these different things. Mm. Um, and you mentioned a few things that I'd never fucking heard of, like BBLs and glow-up culture. Um, so I'd love to, yeah, just what are they for starters and like chat about the sorts of uh, beauty standards that were around back when we were being affected by them and the ones like around now? Mm. Well, <clears throat> the ones that were around when I um, was in my late teens and being very influenced was super skinny. Like you had to be, it was mm. super, 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 super skinny. And I even remember thinking I had this goal that I just wanted to be, I just wanted to, to be like a skeleton I wanted to be able to see my mm. bones through my skin. So that was yeah. the, that was the fashion thing then. There was even a period of time where heroin chic was the look. <sighs> and it was literally oh Yeah, yeah, it was. It, and and the look was so like really unhealthily skinny but even quite drug fucked actually. That was like the trend for Whoa. a little while. But in and around that it was always really really skinny you know super it was this time of this it was the rise of the supermodels and so mm. that's what was happening then but what's happening now is like the opposite of that <clears throat> which is you've got the kardashians that are mm. heavily influencing um the, the the look of the female form and so that's where the mm. bbl comes in it's the brazilian butt lift so it's oh. where, and so it's a, and I just heard recently that I think it might actually be beating labioplasty as the fastest rising, most popular um, surgery that that women are asking for is a BBL. And what happens is they take you go under for a general mm-hmm. anaesthetic. They take the fat out of other parts of your body and they inject it all into your butt. So you've got this super accentuated butt and um it's it's very problematic because people can become very ill if it's not done correctly um some people Mm. have even died that in one clinic in florida alone 13 people died because (gasps) because where they were they didn't inject the fat into the right place under the skin so it went into mm. 
it went too far in and went into their heart and killed them. I mean, hello. No. So, yeah, so the, the Kardashian look, the massive butt, that's really in and that's what the BBL is. It's a huge and it's really taking off with a lot of women who are younger because that's right. the, yeah, so there's that. And then, mm. of course, breast lifts and breast implants, That's that's been around for quite a long time. <clears throat> um, and then the glow-up culture, which makes me do this because the glow-up culture is targeted towards preteens. So it's oh. the kids, little kids, and, you know, and so the glow-up culture is, and it's all kind of marketed around love yourself and self-love and be the best you can be but have a full face of makeup, you know, have all these, you know, don't, don't, don't go, don't go through the transition of kid to adult, skip that and go straight to adult. So the glow up culture, that's what that is. It's all about growing up as fast as you can. You know, and there's the, the there's it's quite concerning. Like, and I, I I I it makes me go like this because Bethany loves all that stuff. So my daughter, my seven year old daughter, she mm. loves all that. She likes she likes um she likes glitter and pretty things. I mean, she might change. She's because she's quite a weirdo as well. She's quite kooky, so I wouldn't be surprised <laughs> if she kind of flips when she's a, a teenager and goes alternative, mm. which is like yes, please let that happen. But <laughs> I don't we don't know anyway that's the that's those two things so so the influence is very different and what what I find is um is interesting is that it is the female form it's the female body that becomes the trend it's like oh okay so it's 1997 right you got to be skinny as and now it's it's 20 you know, whatever it was. So in 2015, right, everyone's got to have breast implants and Botox and fillers. And now it's 2022. Okay, not skinny anymore. You got to look like, you know, you got to have massive butt and you know, you got to have, have heaps of makeup on and eyebrows and lips, like massive lips. Mm. It's like it's never when it's it gives us the message that no matter what we try, it's never good enough. Whenever, right. There's always a new trend, a new standard to have to reach, you know, mm. and it's it is predominantly women's bodies that are yeah. up for grabs. You know, I yeah. know that there's a lot of pressure coming down on guys now, you know, to be like beefcakes and muscly and, you know, kind of that it's that it's shifting for them as well. But <clears throat> it's really women who are doing the dangerous stuff to themselves. Yeah, totally. And it's not just like trends that you know, come in and out of fashion with clothing where you can kind of take them off and buy different ones and, you know, change your mind about it. It's like we are cutting into our bodies. We're putting things in our bodies where, you know, it's just fucking scary, like so scary. And it's so devastating that it's super normalized now and we just feel like it's, you know, the done thing. It's what we have to do to feel sexy and beautiful. And if you're surrounded by that, then it is just so standard these days like that that because i'm not surrounded by that culture and i don't watch any mainstream media really and i i don't you know i i minimize the amount of input and influences from that culture i'm kind of out of the loop like i feel like i'm a bit under the a rock 
which is really good for my mental health and my body image to step away from all of that. But I I know that people who are just day-to-day just exposed to it and, you know, these like preteens that are getting groomed to to already be feeling the need to put on heaps of makeup and change that, you know, like I was – way more into this stuff as a teenager, like fake tan and straightening my hair and laser hair removal and fucking whatever, you know, considered even getting um, breast implants and things like that because it was more normal. I was more exposed to it in the circles that I was in. Um, And like luckily I've just sort of moved away from that and made friends and kind of I guess curated my world so that I'm not becoming a victim of that because it's just not in my realm um Mm. but it's just it's horrifying when I meet like just most most people are exposed to that so much more than I am um and I can't even fucking remember my point now I'm having a ridiculous day everyone I'm so sorry I'm just like rambling on and I've completely forgotten where I was going with that (laughs) fuck me That's okay, you know. Um, I'll, I'll I'll take the reins from here just for a sec while your brain comes back online. Hear you though, God. In perimenopause, the amount yes. of times just everything slips out of my brain, and I'm like, oh, but I I, rem- I I should know this stuff. Like, oh, it's it's a it's a real thing. Perimenopause is incredible. Like it's amazing. I'm so like you were saying as well about I. My the community of people and the people I surround myself with, fortunately, most of them are <clears throat> um, very, uh, I would say, very natural, but they're very accepting as well. So you know, if if someone chooses to do something to augment their their body, it's you know, it, they're not. There's not a judgment mm. on that. At the same mm. time, there's not an expectation that yeah, um, yeah. you do these certain things and. Uh, to be accepted like you know mm. you can get old and and or you can show up exactly as as you are and that is totally acceptable and celebrated um and yeah i'm not totally against all augmentation i think it's amazing that we have the the choice and the the science now mm. to do certain little things that might actually help give us just that little bit of that little boost of confidence i think mm. extra boost of confidence though i think i don't have a problem with that but when the foundation of our value and our worth is based upon our superficial appearance and whatever new new trend is in 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 how our face and our bodies should appear to be acceptable to social standards or, or mm. from the male gaze or <clears throat> whatever trend is on at the moment, that concerns me, you know, because yeah. Yeah. because I would have thought that we're further forward. I mean, in saying that, I know that there is a the the younger generations, there is quite a lot of there is a quite a big movement from what I can see as well around them sticking the fingers up at that stuff as well. Mm. So that there is hope there that I think it's Gen Z are coming through. They're activists. They're aware of that we are under the rule of patriarchy, that we are under the rule of white supremacy, that we're still under the rule Mm. of playing, having to play the games of all this, you know, capitalism and stuff. And they're just going, what? 
are you insane? Mm. And that, that, so there is that movement as well, which is mm. really, really, that's really, I find that really exciting. Yeah, it's exciting. But then there's just, there's just a big, you know, we've still got the mainstream is still called the mainstream for a reason. And the mainstream yeah. is still under the influence of the media, social media, and whatever, whoever's at the controls there is saying, well, this is, if you yeah. want to be part of this social construct, mm. here's the rules. You're going to play? Yeah, yeah. And I mean, like something that I think about and often chew over is, you know, you mentioned like it's it's really um, no biggie and you, you don't have a problem with people altering their appearance here, there, you know, to have a little confidence boost and stuff. And I'm totally the same. Like I, there's definitely no judgment at all if people want to alter themselves I get it. It's pretty understandable given the kind of culture that we live in and the influences. What I what I find for myself is like if I and you know I like looking pretty or putting a bit of effort into my appearance and um mm. you know dressing up or whatever whatever wearing a tiny bit of makeup here and there. That's that's cool. That makes me feel attractive, blah blah. blah. And then I start thinking like, "Oh, but like is that because I'm just constantly affected by the male gaze? Like, because I am always aware of this, you know, like, why do I want to look sexy? Why do I want to look attractive? Why do I feel the need to put on mascara to look more attractive? Is it because I've been sold this image of beauty that has these big eyelashes? And, you know, it's kind of like impossible to actually separate or differentiate between you know, because I think it can be really empowering to like make yeah. ourselves look sexy and feel sexy, but then it's like, what is sexy? How, why do we think that that like you know it's so hard to actually separate those things? And so I think that's really problematic in and of itself. You know, like yeah, I mean, do you, do you kind of agree or have anything to to add to that around like uh, this ever present male gaze and looking attractive, meaning that we're trying to look a certain way that we've been fed, you know? Yeah, absolutely. And that that is what the male gaze is. You know, um mainstream media is is what is attractive to generally speaking to the male gaze, you know, and that because because you know, even though the difference, like when you when you're just at home and you're just kicking about, and there's no one there and there's no one looking, do you go and do your makeup? And if you do go and do your makeup, why? <laughs> you know, or why? Why are you are you worried that someone's going to be looking in? You know, and it's so it's when so it's when <clears throat> that male gaze is is this is this unrealistic standard and i think that it's really good to just check in with ourselves about why we why we feel the need to do the things we need to do in order to feel acceptable to be able to look at ourselves in the mirror or acceptable to to feel sexy or to to attract a partner or to be accepted into a certain group outside of of who we are you know so I think um, I find it uh, it's really interesting <clears throat> it's kind of becoming like a monoculture the mainstream is like you see you see it all all sort of everyone sort of morphing into a similar look mm. a live up on the um, yeah on the east coast of Australia 
up near the Gold Coast and the further I'm actually at northern New South Wales, but the further up into the Gold Coast you go, the more people start to look the same. <laughs> They're all looking the same. It's like, yeah, it's very, everyone's got the same aesthetic going on on in how in how they in their appearance it's Mm. fascinating it's really 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 fascinating and yeah I mean the thing is is that it's where does it end where Mm. where does it where does it end and it's a little bit concerning as well that I find it a little bit concerning that it's now coming underneath the umbrella of empowerment yeah you know yeah, so it's like a part of part of the empowerment kind of um, the culture is. Well, how do you look when you're an empowered person? When, or particularly when you're an empowered woman, yeah. And uh, there's someone wrote an article. I'll try and find it because they the, the the title of the of the article was something along the lines of "Now we need to be a super sexy, successful." spiritual goddess that's the standard now yeah we've got to be we've got to be sexually um awakened and you know knowing how to give ourselves 57 different types of orgasms and anyone who that who we come into contact with we know how to play with their body we have to Mm -hmm. be a boss bitch babe entrepreneur with a six-figure seven-figure business you know (laughs) we need to be so we need to be super successful we need to be super sexy and sexual we need to be successful I've already said that and we need to be spiritual so it's super on trend to be really 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 spiritual Byron Bays if you haven't seen it and a goddess of course I can do that I can do it all I can I can have it all I can have it all because I'm a modern woman. It's like, oh my god, I'm fucking exhausted. <laughs> I want to get in my jammies and eat ice cream on the couch. <laughs> totally. Yeah. So anyway, I, I digress. Under the guise of empowerment, we need to be really careful about that stuff, you know. Because are we empowered? Do we love and accept ourselves? You know, is it, are we doing all of these different things to our bodies and to our appearance because we don't really value ourselves and we don't really understand our self-worth and, and, and our self-acceptance? Because if we're not doing that inner work, if we're not really building um, an anchor of self-love, self-acceptance and self-confidence that is authentic and real, then it's never going to be enough. It's never going to be enough. And we're just repeating these same old patterns that we've been repeating for a long time now. Mm, Yeah, totally. And I feel like this image of an empowered woman that we're getting sold is it's sexy, it's, you know, well put together, there's the bod and the hair and the makeup and the clothes. And I'm like, what? Like I feel the most empowered I ever have and I live in trackies and a baggy Kath and Kim t-shirt and I have stains on all my fucking clothes because I'm a grot and I drop my food on myself all the time and I never wear makeup unless like I'm you know it's just it's so funny because I I I (laughs) just I don't look maybe I don't look like this super empowered woman to a lot of people 
But I feel the most empowered I ever have when I am completely detached from beauty standards because they don't fucking matter to me. Um, and I don't think I can always completely sidestep that. Like I do still um, have days where I feel really like frumpy or ugly or gross and if I'm, you know, if I've got a recording or a meeting or whatever, I'll be like, oh, well, I'll just put a little bit of eye makeup on and wear some nice clothes. And I love, I love that. It feels nice. Um, yeah. But it's so yep. funny because there's this like conflict of like, well, on one hand, like women f- throughout the ages have anointed ourselves, have used beautiful lotions and this and that. And um, yeah. And it's like, yep, 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 yep. Love that. Love doing that. Love, you know, getting really into that you know, the the yeah. feminine loves beauty and loves, you know, I like picking flowers and having them around the house and there's different things that make me feel feminine, make me feel um, empowered and connected to myself and my femininity. Um, but then, yeah, I'm always kind of reflecting on like how much of that is that and then how much of it is I don't want people to think I'm ugly or I don't want people to make certain assumptions about me. I want them to think I'm attractive or, um, you know, whatever. So it's, it's really tricky. And I guess it's just the same thing as I was saying before about it being hard to separate, um, like healthy, uh, intrinsic or like internally generated influences and unhealthy or toxic like external influences um for me personally um yeah and I suppose that leads into like like let's chat about some of the shit that we've done to look sexy for partners or like you know when you've got a new lover and they haven't seen you naked yet or you know you're just starting to get jiggy for the first time like give me give me the goss like what are some things that you have done um to look more attractive Excuse the interruption, my loves, but I'm shamelessly seeking reviews and five-star ratings for the potty because, as I'm sure you've noticed by now, it's pretty fab, and the more people who get to hear it, the more people it can help. Reviews and ratings help me curry favor with the algorithmic gods and get suggested to other listeners to check out. Plus, they make me feel really good and appreciated as I continue to pour my heart and soul into creating this baby for you. And I promise I don't maz over them or anything. I mostly just tuck them away for a rainy day when I'm filled with self-doubt and existential dread about being self-employed, which is fairly frequently. <laughs> so you see, leaving a review really does make a difference and it's an easy little act of support that you can take in just a minute or two by either going to Spotify and leaving five stars for the show or writing a written review and leaving five stars over on Apple Podcasts. Choose your poison or if you're a real overachiever, you could do both. Whoa now. If you are writing a review though, just be sure to only use G-rated words because despite the fact that this is a podcast about sexuality, words like sex can be censored and your review won't actually show up. Lame. Anyway, oh, oh, what was that? Oh, you're going to go do it right now while I wait. Okay. Yeah, yeah. No, that's a great idea. May as well just quickly click that five-star button before we get on with it and, you know, like, forget about it and get on with your day. Um, um, oh, I'm hearing them roll in. I'm hearing those five stars. <laughs> oh my God, I make myself cringe. Anyway, uh, thank you much, Lee. You're a total gem and I'll let you get back to the episode now. <clears throat> Definitely waxed uh-huh. the coochie. Not all the way off. 
I don't do Brazilians because for me personally, I've, I've, I don't I don't really fancy that look. It looks prepubescent. I like to have a bit of hair, but I definitely get all that hair off from the underside <laughs> and the butthole. Undercarriage. <laughs> the undercarriage. Yes. Yeah. Um I was, yeah, it's really interesting actually. Um I'll I'll come back to that in a minute. <clears throat> I definitely buy myself new lingerie. Mm-hmm definitely do that I definitely make sure that yeah I spend time I actually spend time prepping for a sexual encounter which I you know I was contemplating this recently because I was like I wonder what's he doing I I bet he's just home in his fucking daggy shorts you know maybe having a tidy up maybe it's like I'm spending hours preparing myself and it's it's just really really interesting so um yeah in order to be sexy lighting lighting mm. candlelight is a very kind light mm. <laughs> so I always make sure there's candlelight Hot tip stuff stuff like that I mean it I'm not sure like I I was I've been married twice and so in you know in a long term relationship it was a different story you know at the beginning of a relationship when you're first mm. getting sexy with someone of course you want to be um appealing and attractive and you know making an effort to it feels like that you're actually um that, that this experience is important to you so that's different and i know that when i was in a long term relationship after a while yeah. Out the window with all that stuff. <laughs> Take it or leave it, baby. This is what you're getting. But recently, you know, with um with new lovers, I've just been really watching how much prep I put in <laughs> to the experience. So I mean that's about it that's about as much as I've I've done in terms of feeling sexy. It's still a decent amount, costly as well. <laughs> Painful. What about yourself? <laughs> Oh, yeah, a bit painful. Ooh, that labia. Oh, oh. Yeah. Like, oh. All the hair removal oh. ones, standard, isn't it? That's just, that's been, I mean, I've definitely spoken on this potty before about um, <clears throat> how that was a huge issue for me um, when I was younger, super, super, super self-conscious about how hairy I was. I don't know what my lineage is, where it came from, but I am like manly hairy like three hairs coming out of one paw kind of bitch like I'm not fucking around it is gnarly um and I pretty much had like shorts it was like if I had let all my pubes go it wasn't just like in my Bermuda triangle it was like down my legs up my crack across my cheeks like fuck snail trail it basically didn't end um and you know also have super hairy arms and nipples and toes and uni brow and all the things and so when I was like 18 I saved up my pennies and I started getting lasered from bloody tip to toe and um as soon as I had more money, I'd get another area lasered and I just worked my way around my body for like five or six years and um, just tried to get as bald as possible. <laughs> um, and it's so funny because like I don't regret it. I actually um, feel like it was necessary for me at that time to like bridge 
you know, build a bridge for me to get over into a place of more self-confidence and self-love. And I, I probably couldn't have, or it would have yes. taken me a lot longer, I think, to be comfortable with mm. myself and be comfortable with being naked in front of partners and things like that if I hadn't have done that. And it also just saved me so much. I mean, it was painful as fuck and expensive, but the alternative was me waxing and epilating and shaving and all the things and having like mad ingrown hairs like big pussy fucked up ingrown hairs in all sorts of places and then scarring like I got scars from all of the ingrown hairs still so I definitely don't regret it but it's funny because nowadays it's like the opposite of my philosophy and my um you know I would never mm. never bother going and doing that now um and it's kind of started to all grow back in patchy funny little spots and stuff but that's you know that's fine it doesn't really bother me um so that's something that I would do and you know definitely put on the the lingerie or whatever definitely don't do that anymore um and I would I would like tweak my nipples I'd like pinch them to make them hard make them like erect before I would walk in or um before he would see I'd kind of try to cover my breasts as much as possible unless they were like erect because I was super self-conscious about that um and oh god even yeah just, I've got I forgot yeah I I had um I used to have inverted nipples ah. so Yes, I used to have inverted nipples, so I went and got my nipples pierced. That was fucking painful, but they looked they looked very nice, nicely decorated though. So, and that kept them um, out, like it stopped them from being inverted because they were forced out. Oh wow, yeah, totally. Mm -hmm. Yep. So I had barbells with chains and little jewels hanging off them, so it's really beautiful. But that's why I did that, and then, but then, and then, but fortunately, through b- breastfeeding with Bethany, she's through. Mm. I probably from the piercing, the piercing and the breath uh, breastfeeding. Yeah. They're actually they're not inverted anymore. Yeah, right. So, but I I remember being very self conscious about about having inverted nipples. Mm. Um, and but even recently, I you know I went and recently I went and had a consultation for a breast lift because you know having a baby, being um, mid-40s and single, saggy boobs are going to are the, are the reality. And so I went and had a consultation and I was like, wow, I'm fucking doing, like I'm actually doing this. You know, I went and had the consultation and I thought about it and I was like, I, you know, had some chats with some friends as well. And it's just I'm, I'm not going to go, I'm not going to do it. I might do it in another 20 years, you know, see how I feel. Um, but, you know, it's like, oh, wow, here I am. Like, why am I doing this? Mm. Why am I doing this? Like I really pulled apart the psychology for myself around why I went to do this and why, mm. why, I, why, I, want, why I felt like I, I, felt like I, wanted, I wanted to do it. So, yeah, it's, it's really interesting. It's really interesting being being a midlifer and being single because it's it's a very different landscape you know Mm. it's a very different landscape and um yeah the reality of the aging form Mm. is it is it's another thing to consider but you know I, I went for so long when I was 
shiny and smooth and perky and I I still I hated myself like I went if I think if I sit and think about it for too long I actually find it extremely upsetting mm. at, at, at how I felt about myself and now I have done you know that so much beautiful work on myself that I I love and accept myself I mean I really fucking love myself more than ever and uh, I'm kind of like, do you know what? I cannot do that to myself again. I can't. I can't. I can't go back. Like this is me, and I, I'm a fucking amazing human. And if, if another, if on this kind of like relationship um, connection with another person um, phase of my life, if. If someone isn't going to enhance my life, there's no way in hell I would waste my time with a person who isn't like, do you know what? You are, you're epic and amazing mm. and I want to spend heaps of time with you. If they're not an enhancement to my life that is already, that I've worked really fucking hard to make good, mm. more than good, to make exceptional, then, then okay, I'll just... I'll just live the life that I that I have with with all of the amazing mm. things that that I've got. Yeah. And I think I think it's really important to kind of do that inventory about what why are we doing the things that we're doing? Why who are the people that we're spending time with? What is their influence in our life and on mm. our psyche and you know are we having um enhanceful experiences with 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 our dudes, with our friends, with our with our community yeah yeah totally like I was gonna say it's it's a bit of a dickhead filter really if there's any things about your appearance that you're worried aren't gonna be um you know appealing or attractive <laughs> to someone else fuck them because I, <laughs> I like certainly don't look at people and go Ew, they have saggy boobs. I'm not going to fuck them or they're not an epic person because there's some physical thing that's lacking in the eyes of, you know, society's beauty standards. Like I don't I just don't that whole thing around like oh, I've got to like look a certain way for a partner is like ew, why would you want a partner that cares about that stuff? No. No, no, no. Like I don't I don't like that. <laughs> um and I also think like you know, like you're saying, like the people you surround yourself with and things like I don't look at other women in this super critical way that, you know, and when I looked at myself in a super critical way, I found myself looking at others a bit more critically too. And it's it's almost like the more you, I, you know, I would suspect if you did go and get this breast lift, you'd be like, oh, and then start looking at other people's boobs and then start thinking, oh, what else can I, I mean, maybe not you personally, but I know that it is addictive when you, you augment something about your body, you change something, you get this result. And then you start thinking, oh, like what else is not good enough? What else do I need to change and improve? And well, that was quite easy. And now I like the look of that. So maybe I'll just go and get some Botox or, you know, it's a slippery slope once you start changing things and feeling the need to change them and getting positive responses from people being like, oh, you look great. Oh, this is amazing. Um, and then I think we also start seeing everyone else through a really critical lens because we're overly focused on aesthetics and appearance, you know. So I feel like it's really dangerous um, in that regard. 
I do. I, I I agree with you. It is it is a slippery slope, and it's really dangerous. And and then and then who are our our friends and and our community? And that's some that's actually something that I find. I hope I'm not going to offend anyone by saying this. So I actually find it really exciting the the non-binary, like sticking the finger up to um, these conditioned gender roles and expressions of gender that we have previously been um, been kind of forced into. Mm. And when I when I look out into into the generations that are coming up and I see a whole bunch of the non-binary and trans community. The queer community actually is where I feel the most comfortable, (laughs) to be perfectly honest. Mm. That's where I'm and I feel really excited about, about the fluidity of what it means to be human, Mm. you know, and it's like, People are looking however the fuck they want to look. It doesn't matter, and you know. So there is that whole, mm. um, th- that whole kind of thing happening in society as well, which I find really exciting. I, I, I follow a lot of Instagram accounts that are um, trans, non-binary, and queer, because when I look out into that community, I'm just like, these are people just being people. Mm. They're expressing themselves how however they feel is is how they want to express themselves and it's that's really exciting yeah yeah and I think like the difference is like when when people in that community augment or change their bodies or get plastic surgery it's because they're actually trying to feel more authentic like they want their appearance to more authentically match their internal you know either gender whatever but like the you know when we do it (laughs) It's like to try to match some fucking beauty standard that's just been like formulated and given to us and then, you know, it's just a completely different thing. And I had um I think the I did yeah. this episode with Tuck Malloy who's incredible. It would have come out when this comes out, it would have come out probably last week. Um, about gender, yeah. they're trans, non binary, queer, um, super, super amazing, knowledgeable. It was a fascinating interview. And they were talking about like, you know, um gender bending and and altering bodies and appearances and things just around what feels really good for them and what expresses their internal landscape the most authentically. And that's such a different approach to like, what am I going to wear today? How do I want to look? Do I want boobs or not? Um, Because they're gearing up to have top surgery as well. And they were just talking about how it's, it's a completely different way of looking at aesthetics and appearance and it's a tool to help them feel more um you know connected and in their bodies and in their gender expression um rather than like I guess yeah yeah, for 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 the mainstream we're we're not changing ourselves because of anything so authentic as that it's literally just to conform to certain expectations or standards and look a certain way because we feel like we have to to be valuable human beings you know exactly exactly it's it's an external it's external validation yeah. rather than an internal reality mm. that's, that that we're struggling with you know an internal reality that's telling us and it's that is a, that's a very very blurry line mm. you know because you could you could argue that 
you know, well, my internal reality is telling me that, you know, I'm going to feel so much better if my, for myself mm. with inside myself if I just lift my breasts up a couple of inches, you know. So, you know, what's wrong with that? Well, there's nothing wrong with that. But if it's because I'll speak for myself of my own journey, if it's because I feel a bit shameful when I walk out the house because my boobs are a bit saggy, it's like, because why? Mm. Oh, because because someone else might look at them and and have something to mm. say and it's like yeah hang on yeah, <laughs> but when it's when it is in that that internal you know i i mean i will not speak on behalf of trans people because that's not that's not my reality and it's pretty arrogant to do that but i understand that if you're been a, if you've been assigned a body that you that's not yours you know of course I think that's where these kind of surgeries are just absolutely phenomenal mm. because it actually helps people realize themselves, the truth of themselves. That's mm. that's that's fucking amazing. Mm. Like that, and is it's incredible. going against the typical, you know, what society is trying to. Yeah. T- you know, it's completely opposite. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's right. That's right. I find it really. I I find this this shift in how in how humans are expressing themselves incredibly exciting. Mm. Yeah, you know, because it is, it is, a, it's like a make it, make up your own rules, really. Mm. Make up your own mm. rules. But I think it comes back to the self love and the self acceptance um, and the self acknowledgement and the self value and the self worth. And if that is all skewed and, and messed up and um, harm, it's a harmful inner reality, then that's probably where the best place to start is looking at that mm. before we start augmenting the surface yeah yeah our our, our physical appearance yeah totally anyway that's my two (laughs) cents you know that's just me well no that sort of segues perfectly into my next question because I want to sort of chat a little bit about um solutions or or next steps for you know people if if they do feel like oh fuck I have been a bit under the thumb of this whole mainstream beauty standards and expectations and things like um and you know they're feeling like because also what I'm finding with with a lot of clients is they're coming to me and they're saying I feel kind of dumb I feel like a bad feminist because like intellectually and rationally I understand what's going on I understand that I'm being brainwashed to feel not good enough and to feel unsexy unless I buy this makeup or I do this thing or you know and I and I um I've been having these conversations with clients where they're feeling like double shame because they're feeling ashamed of how they look and then they're feeling ashamed that they feel ashamed and they're like, I'm a shit feminist, I'm smarter than this, I know that this is all bullshit and yet I still, you know, I still see that that chick with that particular body and those boobs and that bum and I feel less, I feel less than, I feel like ashamed that I have a flat chest or that I, you know, don't look like that or that, um, you know, and it's just like, fuck, it is, it's not like this stuff is, um, it's not like the only people that are victims to this are really like gullible, shallow people. It's, it affects everyone. It's super hard to step outside of. And, you know, it's, it's really interesting that we're feeling, we're beating ourselves up for being influenced by it still, even though rationally we know that it's, you know, silly and frivolous and we shouldn't buy into all of that shit. Um, but yeah, I'd love to chat about some ways that we can, I guess, um, 
yeah, like start to remedy it a little bit because these people are obviously, you know, on this journey halfway along thinking like, okay, I've figured out that like actually what I've been reading in those magazines as a teenager and the stuff about body hair and the stuff about boobs and the stuff about makeup and da da da, all of that isn't what I want to, you know, what I choose to buy into and follow. But then they're not quite as far along as actually being able to like fully not care anymore. It's so hard to just completely mm. stop caring. So like what what are some things that have been helpful for you? What are some, you know, should we should we chat about some ways that people can just keep stepping further along that journey of like unhooking from the expectations and um and also not shaming themselves for being influenced by it because it's pretty hard not to be. It's very hard not to be, and, and shame is almost it's such a it's it. I don't think I know any human that hasn't been affected by some kind of guilt and shame over the course of their lifetime Mm. Um, and I think that it's almost a little bit like a rite of passage and I think that's that is it's part of part of you know we're going into a much bigger broader 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 conversation now but I think because we um because we're because of the kind of whole nuclear family thing, you know, we've been brought up in these tiny little isolated boxes where we're sitting in front of the TV or we're sitting in front of the um, some kind of media all the time, and we're not in our we're not in our communities anymore, like 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 we were traditionally. You know, everyone back in the day, everyone had their place in the in the community. You know, so, and I think we've kind of lost that. There's there is a sense of feeling quite lost mm. and quite separated in society. And so, in order to try and find ourselves, we try all of these different things. In order to to be accepted, we attempt all of these different things. So, I think the story of um, the, this kind of the quest for empowerment and and self-love and self-awareness is a very valuable um it's a very valuable journey Mm. to take Mm. it's uh, um but but it is a bit of a rite of passage you know it's it's inevitable that when we go from from being a child and into being into that um into that pre-teen phase things change if we're not aligned with our family or our 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 society, our social construct, our community, then we're going to be seeking things outside and that's where social media and media can really mm. flood in and influence us. So I think it is, it's, it's steps on the path of self-awareness and self-acceptance and self-love and healing. And, yeah, for me definitely it was to, to stumble upon breathwork mm. And to start to have this, to have this relationship with my inner world, mm. and to to have this tool of breathwork, and then yoga. Not long after that, to be able to for me to turn my gaze from outside, going where where do I belong? Where do I belong? Mm. Like what is it? Who, who who can I? Who can who can show me the way? I turned had these things that were able to turn my gaze inward to look at myself, so I could start to feel myself and I could start to question myself and get to know myself from the inside out 
I remember the first time I went to Vipassana. <clears throat> Actually, I've only been once, but you know, it was it was kind of on that journey. I was in my early twenties, um, or my mid twenties, and that was that's a ten day. If in case you don't know, Vipassana is a very specific meditation where they use the breath, and the first step that anybody takes is you have to go on a ten day silent meditation retreat where you are meditating for about 11 hours a day in two and three hour blocks at a time and it was in there that my my gaze really 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 turned inward and I was sitting with myself and I I realized that oh actually I'm good I'm okay I'm a good human I like myself that was a massive revelation now I'm not saying that I'm not saying that breath work and yoga and meditation are the pathways for everybody but finding ways to be with yourself and heal from the wounds that might have caused you to hate yourself doubt yourself or not know yourself very well I think that's a really really important step and it should be in conjunction with whatever you want to do with your appearance you know to learn to love yourself and heal it's that's massive mm, yeah essential yeah beautiful hey me again if you'd like to support the potty and you've already given it five stars on whatever platform you're listening on i want to mention that you can buy some really dope merch from the website and get yourself a labia lounge tote tea togs yep you heard that right i even have labia lounge bathers or a cute fanny pack if that'd blow your hair back. So uh, if fashion isn't your passion though, you can donate to my Buy Me A Coffee donation page, which is actually called Buy Me A Soy Chai Latte because I'll be the first to admit, I'm a bit of a Melbourne cafe tosser like that. And yes, that is my coffee order. (laughs) You can do a once-off donation or an ongoing membership and sponsor me for as little as three fat ones a month. And I also have a sunroom profile over on the sunroom app, as I've mentioned, and I also offer one-on-one coaching and online courses that'll help you level up your sex life and relationship with yourself and others in a really big way. So every bit helps because it ain't cheap to put out a sweet podcast uh, into the world every week out of my own pocket. So I will be undyingly grateful if you support me and my biz financially in any of these ways. And if you like, I'll even give you a mental BJ with my mind from the lounge itself. Saucy. And um, I'll pop the links in the show notes. Thank you. Later. I think something really powerful for me was, and I got this idea, I I think I'd already started doing it, but then I read about this suggestion in a book called Cunt by Inga Muscure. I don't know how to pronounce her last name. Um, Epic book though. It's called Cunt. Um, Definitely highly recommend a read. And it's pretty, it's a pretty like massive, um, it was, it was big, it was a big deal at the time that it came out. It was like, whoa, it's like a, um, I don't know what the word is. Uh, oh, fuck, what's that word? Like it's a, anyway, it was significant, a significant text of the times, a feminist text. Oh, God. Anyway, and, um, you know, she was just saying like for a month or for some kind of period of time, just completely curate all of the input. So any music you listen to, any books you read, any media you consume, make it all 
by women. So like cut out all of the male artists or the, the, you know, writers, whatever, if you can only watch television shows or movies or whatever, whatever that are quite feminist in nature and are created by women listen to music by women da, 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 da. and I was like wow that's really interesting I just hadn't considered just how much it's like something I think she put some stats in there something like 70 or 80 percent of you know the the things that we consume that are input into our brains is all ma- male created and male driven um and oh, so of God. course that is affecting us whether we know it or not it's like subconsciously we're con- like con- constantly taking on and internalizing all of this um um you know all these influences and also just even if it's not you know derogatory to women or if it's not sort of toxic or damaging in any sort of um obvious ways it's still coming from a male mm. perspective which is going off that masculine blueprint you know which doesn't really apply to us most of the time. So it's still sending a message that whatever we're doing, whatever experience we're having, it's wrong because it doesn't really line up with the masculine blueprint. So, um, and that's something I teach in, you know, to clients and in my course and stuff all the time is like our sort of blueprint for sexuality is all based on men's bodies. So, of course, we're going to all wind up feeling broken or abnormal um but you know inga was just sort of saying like try to curate all of the input that you're reading and taking in and consuming so that it's more feminist more empowering to women you know it's curated by women for women and just see what difference that makes and so that's something that i'll often recommend people is like you know now that we're so bombarded even just so much more than back when that book was written but like all the social media accounts and YouTube and, you know, this and that. Um, If we can just try to minimize the accounts that make us feel shit or not enough or uh, harping on about, you know, like upholding those beauty standards or those expectations of women and sexuality and whatever, um, and then follow accounts that are really like disruptive and really empowering. And like, you know, you were saying you follow heaps of trans and queer accounts and that's really empowering and expansive for you to be consuming that content and seeing how they're doing things. And it's like, yeah, that makes a huge difference to your subconscious. That is that is yeah. that is like basically balancing out the scales a bit because up until this point in our lives we've pretty much just been drenched in all sorts of shitty influences and conditioning and media and if we can if we can yeah. just sort of start to the patriarchy as well yeah yeah well exactly and it's it's so imbalanced and so no wonder even the most empowered feminists of us still get affected by that because it's it's you know it's so deeply entrenched um so the more you can just curate what you're taking in in terms of media and you know those sorts of external mm. influences that you're allowing in yes. the the better because then it just slowly starts to shift the tide um so that's something that i've found really powerful because it's like that whole thing about oh you are the sum of the five people you spend the most time with and that's true of the people you actually spend time with but it's also true of like the shit you're exposed to in the media and if you make sure you're paying attention to that and being quite conscious about what you're letting into your brain and your eyes it, it makes a big difference, you know. You'll start to it's not true. identify yes. with – because like when I used to work at um, 
I worked briefly at a retail store for like, you know, just chicks clothing. Can't remember um, what it was, but I moved to Melbourne from the country. I was really alternative. I would only wear op shop clothes and I was pretty like expressive with my fashion and stuff. And then I worked at this clothes store and you had to wear their clothes when you worked them. Um, And I was spending time with, you know, the other chicks that worked at this shop that just only cared about clothing and fashion and appearance and they were all, you know, wearing heaps of makeup and doing, you know, all sorts of stuff to look good and talking about clothes all day long. And then I would talk about clothes all day long with customers and I would be having to wear these clothes. And I started like getting really into fashion and clothes and getting obsessed with how I looked and what clothes I was wearing. And I was like, ew, what the fuck? That happened within like two months of working there. I'd already noticed I was spending all my fucking paycheck on clothes and like wanting to look a certain way. And I was being really influenced because that was the environment I was in and the people I was around. So I think we can't underestimate that, you know. For sure not. No, 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 no. We we are we are vulnerable. You know, we are we are creatures that you know. We want to belong. We 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 want to belong. Exactly. We want to belong. We want to find our tribe and our community. And yeah, and so it's true. Like how. And, and we, of course, we're going to make mistakes along mm. the way, and of course, we're going to do shit where I look back and go, "Oh my god!" And that is totally okay. It's totally um, human, and it's um, you know, being a mucky, messy human is um, part of the part of the deal, really. But yeah, it's it's that again, it's that self awareness and just checking in and going. Oh, what, why am I actually doing this? Am I do I feel good? Am I happy? Because if not, okay, I might need to change change mm. what I'm doing and where I'm hanging out and who am I hanging out and who's influencing me. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. 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 And yeah, and it, we are vulnerable. We're so vulnerable. Yeah. We're so vulnerable, fragile, messy little humans, you know, and very easily influenced. Totally, sure. totally. And there's no shame in that. Like there's definitely no no judgment coming from me with all of that. Like I've definitely no, yeah, been <laughs> been there. Um and I feel really fortunate that I met the right people along the way and found myself in the right communities that yeah. I didn't wind up yeah. with half my body plastic, which definitely could have happened, you know. Like mm. in the beginning, I was so insecure about my body. I would have, if I had the money, quite happily changed most of it, you know. So I feel really mm. lucky that I got out yeah. of that culture when I did. Um, yeah. Yep. But yeah, Agreed. yeah. It's, anyway, I mean, I think another. I was just thinking as you were talking there. Um, I think an, another huge thing for me was actually um, making this very deep connection with my sexuality and with my pleasure. Mm. That was that. That was huge. That was almost like a quantum leap. Mm. And it's very much about. It's very much the what I share with the people who come for erotic education and the yoni mm. mapping. Um, therapy sessions that when you when when I found that when I was when I connected with my sexuality and realized that my body was built for pleasure Mm. and I found a way to give myself that pleasure my relationship to myself totally changed because because I was able to to feel this uh, and live a pleasurable existence through my own hands or you know it's not just about um, having sex with myself it was also about the the deep feeling and the intuition and the fine-tuned mm. um, uh, connection to myself that even 
being in certain temperatures or wearing certain, um, you know, certain fabrics, eating certain foods, like suddenly I became this very in touch, very in tune, um, connected feeling human being. Mm. And that, and but, but being able to give myself pleasure and know what, what it feels like to be in a body that's able to access so much pleasure, like that was a game yeah. changer as well. I think in terms of the connection to myself, like, oh, I've really got myself. Mm. I've really got myself, you know, mm. and that that's a big one I think too for men and for women. All, all humans should know that their body is built for pleasure and to be able to connect with themselves. That's massive. Definitely. Yeah, totally. I'm glad you mentioned that because it's a huge piece of the puzzle and it's and it's like not even just, um, you know, sexual pleasure, just just pleasure in general. I feel like nowadays my comfort, what feels good on my skin, what clothing feels good and comfortable to wear, what I can move freely and dance or stretch in, like that is my highest priority. Not what it looks like, not conforming to the latest fashion trends. I'm all about comfort and I'm all about pleasure. And I think that came from doing that work on my sexuality as well, like you were saying. So yeah, I mean, if anyone wants to delve into that world, Carl and is an amazing practitioner with epic offerings that I'll pop into the show notes. I also do a similar line of work and have just uh, just launched my online course, Queen Out, where we do a lot of uh, a lot of stuff on body image and self love and self care and obviously pleasure and connecting to your se- sexuality. Um, so yeah, among among the two of us, we've got you covered. Um, we got you, Jesus. <laughs> we got you. <laughs> And uh, I totally forgot to do Get Pregnant and Die and TMI, but we did those in our first episode, so that's okay. And um, <laughs> Oh, yeah, geez. Whoa. I mean, I'm conscious of time. I'll, I'll let you jump off. But if you had a TMI, you're very welcome to share it now. Um, otherwise, we can, we can. Oh, my God. I've got so many TMIs. God, which one would I? Which one would I? Um... Oh, God. <laughs> that one. Go on. <laughs> <laughs> oh god no i really can't do that one come on um, okay don't hold out oh on god us. i can't even believe that that came into my head no i really really can't do Bitch, that. are you kidding else, right so now? all right fine but you're telling me later uh, okay i will tell you later i'm just about to run out of battery i better be quick oh my god too much information in regards to let's keep it on theme in regards to um Oh God, no! I've I've lost it now. This I've just got all these <laughs> crazy things going on. God, fanny farts and you know, oh my God, just all sorts. Of, you know, oh God, no! I'm gonna I'm gonna pass. That's that fine. One. You give me a all TMI. good. All good. Yeah. <laughs> and I literally, I've just got the little warning sign that my my, my yeah. Oh, all good. That's that's. A minute, uh, yeah, let's jump off. I'm so, fuck, oh, my God, so brain dead. Wow. If you guys have stuck with us until now, thank you so much. I am such a mess today. It's been one of those days, and I don't think I've ever been so sloppy on a podcast, so really appreciate uh, everyone hanging in there. And thank you, Carlin, my darling. I love you so much. Thanks for jumping on again. And I love you too. Always a pleasure. Thank you. Thank you for inviting me. It's so much fun. Yeah. All right. Do this again. Yes, definitely. We'll (laughs) we'll jump on again in future. All right, babes. Uh, that's it. That's a wrap. I'm gonna stop recording. Love you lots. Bye. 
And that's it, darling hearts. Thank you for stopping by the Labia Lounge. Your bum groove in the couch will be right where you left it, just waiting for you to sink back in for some more double L action next time. And in the meantime, if you'd be a dear and subscribe, share this episode, or leave a review on iTunes, then you can pat yourself on the snatch because that, my dear, is a downright act of sex-positive feminist activism. And you'd be supporting my vision to educate, empower, demystify, and destigmatize with this here podcast. Also, I'm always open to feedback, topic ideas that you'd love to hear covered, or guest suggestions. So feel free to get in touch via my website at freyograph.com or say hey over on Insta. My handle is Freya underscore graph underscore YMT, and I seriously hope you're following me on there because damn, we have fun. We have fun. Anyway, later labial legends. I'll see you next time.